Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. State Farm knows that for football fans, your car and home are more than just stuff. They're some of your most valuable possessions. Whether it's the truck that gets you to your tailgate, or the place where you watch your favorite team with your favorite people. But you know, life can be a tough opponent. So when it comes to insuring your car or home, you need a strong defense, like State Farm. Because they know it's more than just a car or a house. So why not give them the protection they deserve? It's just one more reason they're here to help life go right. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Hello, I'm Peter King. Welcome to the MMQB podcast with Peter King, where I take you inside the minds of the biggest influencers in the NFL. This week, live from Oakland, conversations with Donald Penn of the Oakland Raiders and his quarterback, Derek Carr. Also, Minnesota Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. You know, a few words before we get to this week's conversations on what I've been doing the last few days. So, at my website, the MMQB, we formed a partnership with State Farm. And that partnership has yielded a really, really fun project. For the next eight weeks, at the MMQB, we're going to be going around the country to take the temperature, to take the pulse of people across America, players, coaches, parents, organizers. What does America right now think of football, the importance of the game in our society, the problems with it, the great parts of it? And so we've decided to go to all different markets all over the country. The first one, our first stop was the Bay Area. And our thought was this, every weekend we're going to go to four events, Friday night high school football, Saturday youth football, later Saturday a big college football game or some college football game, and then on Sunday the pro game, the NFL game. So this past weekend I learned something invaluable about the importance of football in our society. And I learned this at a high school football game in San Francisco at old Keysar Stadium where the San Francisco 49ers used to play two stadiums ago. And what I learned at Keysar Stadium, which is now the home of sort of the big game of the weekend every weekend in the city for the city schools, the high schools in San Francisco, is I've learned what a safety net football is at this level. You know, there are kids who go to school in our inner cities in this country and need football. Their parents, I mean, I had one mom say to me, hey, look, I know that we're finding out all this information about the dangers of football, but I'm worried about my son surviving high school. 
And what football gives these kids in this particular weekend, I learned at Mission High School in uh, the inner city of San Francisco. What football gives these kids is some organization in their lives, a reason to get up some mornings, a reason to keep their grades up. Um, I focus in what I'm writing at the MMQB on Thursday of this week, and we'll also have some from him in in an accompanying video that we're doing. Um, I focus on a kid who arrived at Mission High School wearing an ankle bracelet so he could be monitored by law enforcement authorities because he was in trouble with the law. And it's, it's the story of how important football is to this young kid who's now a senior in high school and who I think when you read his story at the MMQB on Thursday, you'll understand why it isn't just so easy to say, you know what, kids shouldn't play football anymore, it's too dangerous. I get it. I truly, truly do get the concern over head trauma. And I'm not saying that football at a very young age shouldn't be uh, flag football only. In fact, that's how I would lean, quite honestly, that it should be flag football until players get to a certain age. Because the human brain, the functions uh, that can be disturbed by head trauma at a very early age, uh, it's just it's too risky. But after watching that high school football game on Friday night and then going to the inner city of Oakland and watching uh, the old Marshawn Lynch Oakland Dynamites program play youth football, watch some 10-year-olds play on the field behind Oakland High School, you realize that it's not as simple as saying, okay, we're not, we're going to ban football now. Everything has got to be flag. You know, there's two sides to this story. There's two sides to most stories. But anyway, I encourage you to read that this week. It's been a little bit of an awakening time for me. uh, And I learned a lot. And I really hope you follow this series through the year. I don't often talk in my little monologue at my website. I don't often talk about you know, things we're doing at the MMQB. This is really different. Uh, And I wanted to let you know it's there. And I really hope you uh, read this. It'll be out on Thursday at the MMQB, uh, along with a really good video done by Tiff Oshinsky. Um, And I'd appreciate, uh, you know, your reading. And give me your feedback, please. Tell me what you think. I want to know what you think. Um, and then next week here on this podcast, I'm going to devote a little bit of time to it and devote a little bit of time talking about this. So um, let's get to our conversations. I went to the Oakland Raiders game on Sunday. Uh, they routed the New York Jets. And afterwards, I got to spend a little bit of time with Derek Carr, um, the star quarterback, and also Donald Penn, the left tackle, both of whom... Uh, I, I, I basically said to both, I said to Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, who I've known for a long time in the locker room after the game, I said, you know, I've been covering football for a long time, 34 years, and I haven't seen many games where the players on the winning team had as much fun as your team had. I mean, it was just these guys, you know, I know it sounds funny, but these guys played like uh, the, some of the kids I saw over the weekend uh, at the youth level and at the high school level, when they score a touchdown, they're really excited and they're really having fun. But uh, anyway, 
Enjoy the conversations, and let's start right now with Derek Carr. Back on the MMQB podcast with Peter King, uh, with Derek Carr. Derek, I've been covering football games for 34 years in the NFL. And today, in this stadium, it was one of the more fun days that I've ever witnessed. Just, there was a joy out there. Yeah. There was, it wasn't just the joy of competition or whatever. It was just the joy of playing football. Yeah. What did it feel like to you out there? Uh, you hit it on the head. You know, that's something that I've been stressing to my team, you know. We know how to work hard. We know how to comp- compete. We know how to prepare. Now, with all that said, let's just go have fun. And I've been stressing that all off season. You know, it's a it's a part about building the culture. You know, it's one of those you know final things that you're just trying to add. You know, we do all those nice things. You know, we got guys like Khalil Mack, uh, you know, who prepare and work their tail off. And him and I come together and say, hey, you tell the defense, I'll tell the offense. Let's just go have fun. And. W- what has Marshawn Lynch added in that way? I mean, yeah. this crowd was so excited. It was Christmas for these people to have Marshawn Lynch on the field as an Oakland Raider. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, being able to have him come home, you know, uh, if you ask anybody, you know, 99% of the time, if you could play at home, you know, if there was an NFL team in Fresno, if the Raiders were in Fresno, you know, you, that's where you'd want to play, you know. Uh, it just because That's where you'd want to play. Yeah, Fresno Raiders. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's just, it's just home, something about home. Now, when we came here, Fresno's close enough, you know, to the Bay, and this was my home team. So I was like, I want to come play here. Same thing for Marshawn, but he's right here, you know, and he gets to play here for his home team. And uh, the fans, they, they, they just embody everything that he's about, you know. And uh, when he has success, they have success. Even when he was in Seattle, you know, when he'd come here for the preseason games, they would love him and talk to him because this is family to him. What was it like for the team to watch him dance for a full minute on the <laughs> sidelines when it, was, when it was clinched? That was a lot of fun. You know, that, that, that's him. You know, that's his personality. Uh, yeah. And that, that's never going to change. And yeah. so uh, we, we, we love it. We, Coach Del Rio is all about, he says, uh, you know, show, show who you are. You know, be who you are. If that's who you are, do it, you know. Uh, you know, and that, that's Marshawn. You know, that, that's him. And he brings that, that joy of playing the game and that fun aspect to our team. If you were to describe the one or two differences between this team early this year uh-huh. and the team a year ago, what would you say? We have room to grow. Uh, you know, last year we were, you know, one and one. We, we won a close one, then we got beat by the NFC champs, you know. And, uh, you know, at that moment we were like, man, we can play with these teams. You know, we're learning, our, you know, learning about ourselves and things like that. Right now we know who we are. You know, we know that we have a good football team, but we know that talent doesn't mean anything. So uh, you have a team that sits here, you know, at 2-0, and but we look at it as, yeah, we're 2-0, and but we need to improve, you know. We just work, you know. We work and we have fun doing it. Um, and that's, that's the best thing I could say about this team is everybody in here enjoys this one. We're all happy, but we're happy while we're preparing for the next one, you know. Uh, we're already, you know, my quarterback coach comes up to me and we have our process of getting on to the next one and him sending me pictures and, uh, you know, a little game plan, a little list and things like that of getting ready for the next one because it, that's how the NFL goes. As you know, it's all about the next one. Were you a little concerned today about coming out in this stadium? This is your first regular season game yeah. as lame ducks. Yeah. These, I walked the parking lot before the game. There's a lot of pissed off people in the parking lot that you're leaving. They're still here, yeah. but they're, they're, they're hurting. Yeah, and you know, that's, that's uh, you know, our true fans, man. They're hurting just like we are, you know. 
uh, you know, the city of Oakland is hurting because we're leaving and we're hurting because we're leaving, you know, uh, you know, but that's out of our control. That's out of the players control. It's out of our fans control. Um, and what you see is people that are hurting, but that are coming together. Um, we're not turning on each other. And I think it, it, there's really a bigger story there, you know, uh, amongst people. Um, you know, even though we're hurting, you got a fan base and a team that comes together on Sundays and uh, we come together as one and we try and go get wins. And it's really a special thing, you know, it really is. And I think that there's a bigger, a bigger deal there that the love that we share for one another. Derek Carr, thanks so much. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, Peter. Good to see you. This is the MMQB Podcast. QB Podcast. Hey, this is Mike Lupica. And guess what? The sports reporters are back and now we're a podcast. Join me, Mitch Album, and a host of others as we give you the best sports conversation anywhere. New episodes Monday and Friday. Subscribe wherever you get your shows. Betterment is the largest independent online financial advisor. The service is designed to help improve customers' long-term returns and lower taxes for retirement planning, for building wealth, and for other financial goals. Betterment takes advanced investment strategies and uses technology to deliver them to more than 270,000 customers. So in this day and age of so many options of what to do with your money, and I don't know about you, but it totally intimidates me. Here's the question. Why choose Betterment? Because there are experts who have your back. Betterment is a fiduciary. That means they don't get commissions for recommending funds, and they don't have funds of their own. They do what they believe is right for you. They give you advice to look at all of your wealth. Betterment can give you a clear view of your net worth when you sync your outside accounts, such as bank accounts and other investments. Betterment can show you how much your outside brokerage accounts may be costing you in fees and uninvested cash. Remember, investing involves risk, but listeners can get up to one year managed free. For more information, visit betterment.com MMQB. Again, that's betterment.com slash MMQB. Betterment. Rethink what your money can do. And now my conversation with Donald Penn. So Donald, I've been covering the NFL for 34 years. This is in probably in the top 10 atmospheres for fun that I have witnessed at a football game. Tell me what it was like out there for you guys today. I mean, it felt real good. You know, it felt real good because, you know, last year we didn't do too good at home. So we came in this season with a point to, you know, win at home, protect our house. You know, we got to protect our house. And that was some big Jack talked about this offseason. So coming in here, you know, getting that win, starting off strong, starting off fast, and then just having that crowd behind us. I mean, and then at the end of the game when they start – playing the music and stuff and the crowd starts getting up and stuff. I mean, I, I feel like it's nothing better than that. I feel like that's that's when Oakland Stadium, you just see the stadium, it feel like it's going side to side, just rocking. So it, it's fun, man. When you, get the, when you get the crowd behind you like that, man, it, it, it's hard on opposing teams. The NFL has become so corporate over the years that sometimes you forget that when you were 8, 9, 12, 13 years old playing this game, you were playing it for fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it felt like out there today. What did it feel like to you? Man, you know what? It felt, it felt good. I felt like we had, we had, I was having fun out there, and you know, that's what football is, and that's one thing that Derek kept reiterating, man. He said, well, every time we got in the huddle and we started to drive, he was like, man, guys, just have fun. 
let's have fun. Let's have fun. And you know, like you said, it was fun out there, man. You saw a lot of smiles, a lot of slapping in the head, a lot, a lot, a lot of butt slaps. You know, congratulations and stuff. It, 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 it was good. But you, you know, good thing is, like you say, winning's good. It's hard. I, I, ain't see, I don't see too many people mad after a win. <laughs> you know what you I just, mean? You, made, you made a great point about I didn't hear too many people talking about Vegas yeah. in the crowd today. Exactly. Now, I walked through the parking lot before the game, mm -hmm. and people are pissed. They're pissed that you're leaving. They're not pissed at Donald Penn or Derek Carr. They're pissed that you're leaving. So this today, it seems to me, was the best thing you could have done for those people. I mean, we ain't leaving. They act like we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. You know, we got a couple more years out here, man. And one of the missions that that I know I've been saying since this happened is that we want to bring a Super Bowl out here to Oakland before we leave. And I know DC's been saying the same message, and a lot of guys are saying the same message. And that's the reason why Marshawn came to play with us is to bring a championship here before Oakland leaves. And you know what? To all the fans, I've been telling, I've been saying this every time I get asked about Vegas. We have a great owner. Mr. Davis is a great owner. If he feels like Vegas is the right move, I'm gonna support him. Because I feel like he's a great owner, and I, I trust in what he what he has, and I know how much he loves the Raiders and loves this organization. So I know he won't be doing it if it was a bad thing. So that's why I say I'm just putting my trust in here. Me personally, I wish we could stay in Oakland. I grew up L.A. Raiders, Oakland Raiders. You know, I wish we can stay, but but hey, Mr. Davis thinks this is the right move, and I'm I'm 100 behind his back. Donald I don't want him to leave. I'm not gonna say that, but I'm I'm gonna follow my owner. Right. Last question for you. In your mind. What's the biggest misconception that people have about Marshawn Lynch? Man, the biggest thing is, man, they think he's, they, they think he's, he's, they think he's a thug. They think he's, he's an asshole. They think he's a, a mean. Marshawn is one of the nicest people in the world. Marshawn, if you look at Marshawn's family first foundation, how much stuff they do in this community and do for, 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 um, for this community and all, all the kids in here. And if you look at what Marshawn does as a businessman, how many businesses he owns just in Oakland. You know, he's trying to bring back and make stuff better in Oakland. You know, he's a great guy. Just, he just gets that misperception, man. Hey, he just doesn't like to talk to media. Like, when he's out, he don't like to sign autographs or take pictures. He don't like talking to people he don't know. That's just one thing about him. You know, there's nothing about Once he gets to know you, he gonna, you're going to see. You know, he's a, he a great guy, but I just wish people could, could understand that about him. I went to his store today in downtown yep. Oakland, okay? And there's a sign on the front. No pictures no, um, for, for kids or women. Well, I mean, well, only, only for kids and women. What's, what was hilarious is that we tried to talk to somebody. They said, hey, we have no comment. We don't do interviews. I yep. said, you're just like Marshawn. But anyway, the thing I wanted to tell you, on the front, free haircuts for Oakland school kids. Yep. You know, K through 12 every yep. Wednesday. Exactly. I just I thought mean, that just, was really I mean, interesting. It, I, like I say, he tries to help out these kids and this youth so well. I mean, I came to this football camp this year. Uh, I was finally able to make it this year. He's been inviting me for years. He's came. He's come to mind before. So I was finally able to make it this year. Man, the guy had over a thousand kids out there. He had, two, he had to make two sessions, you know, wow. all free. And they, I mean, at this session, I'm like, man, I told him I need to get some ideas because they were giving away shoes to the kids, outfits, books, clothes. I'm like, man, I need to get some sponsors like that for mine. But yeah. that's the stuff he does, you know. Yeah. And it just gets overseen. Donald Penn, good luck this year. Thank you. Have Thanks a good so one. Thanks so much. It's the MMQB podcast. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week every week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. 
Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part? Play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone's budget. No salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in your season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code, KING. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code, KING, K-I-N-G, on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with promo code KING. Now my conversation with Minnesota Vikings General Manager Rick Spielman from a few weeks ago in Vikings training camp. I am fortunate today to be in Mankato, Minnesota, site of the Minnesota Vikings training camp. They've trained here for, I believe, 52 years, and this is going to be their last summer in Mankato, Minnesota. I personally am really going to miss it because it's the classic old NFL training camp. The Steelers do it in Latrobe. The Vikings have done it in Mankato, both of them for a half century. Uh, And Rick Spielman, I'm really glad you're joining me on the podcast. And this is not at all what I want to talk to you about, but (laughs) you've been coming to Mankato now for how many years? Is it my 11th? 11th year. So what's it been like in Mankato, and will you miss it? Yeah, I think the... um the people down here are very unique. They've always accepted the Vikings. Uh, they go out of their way uh, to make sure they meet all of our requirements that we uh, have to have to have a successful training camp down here. The the, the city, um, all the community leaders and the community groups, and, and the university itself, they go above and beyond the call of duty um, to, to meet all our requirements. And in the same sense, you know, we're getting them ready to move into a state-of-the-art facility um you know it's another sign or another commitment from our ownership to try to make this organization uh one of the tops not only in the country but in the world by providing those type of facilities uh but i think mankato will always be our home away from home so rick you you now have because you've been at both in in your years in the NFL. You've gone away to training camp, and you're back at your own facility for training camp, and that's where you'll be now. So what's the advantages and disadvantages? More and more teams are staying home and just becoming 52-week-a-year operations at home and not going away to training camp. What do you think of that? I think it's the the, uh, state of the new facilities. These owners are putting so much money into providing state-of-the-art facilities to train at um, that when you do go away you just can't have those same type of facilities Um, you know the practice fields although the practice fields have been great down here you know for us an indoor in case we have weather um, you know it's a lot easier logistically not to move everything down and then move it back in 10 days or 12 days whatever we're down here so from a logistics standpoint I think that's 
and just the facilities in general, you, you can't match what, you know, a lot of these teams currently have and what we're going to have coming online next year. I think the thing that you'll miss the most is the team coming down as one and the fellowship, um, you know, and you sit there and you go through the lobby and we have a snack around 9, 930 for the players and you see the players all hanging out in the lobby just BSing with each other. Uh, not about football, just getting to know each other, or the coaches down there talking to, you know, the ops people and the trainers, so everybody interacting, where when you're at a facility, it's almost like business is normal. Normal. You do your normal routine. You know, we haven't figured out all logistics on where we're staying. Are we going to stay in a hotel close to the facility? Are we going to, you know, let people go home? So it's just a whole different type of atmosphere. So it's a, there's positives and negatives in both, but it's we're very excited about getting into our new facility, though. With Rick Spielman, the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. So, Rick, um, about a year ago after Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, you and I spent a lot of time on the phone talking about the, uh, the mechanics of trading for Sam Bradford. And when I was coming down here today, the one thing I started to think about when I knew I was going to talk to you is you've had to make an incredible amount of of franchise-altering decisions in your time with the Vikings. I mean, just a few of them. You know, the Adrian Peterson saga a few years ago. The Adrian Peterson saga this year of deciding to let him go. I always knew that when you guys had the Super Bowl in Minnesota, you guys wanted Adrian Peterson to be that guy who hopefully led the Vikings to be the first team to ever play the Super Bowl on their home field with... Hall of Fame running back Adrian Peterson, and obviously it didn't work out. And I want to touch on a few of those decisions to just sort of try to educate people who are listening uh, and people who are really rabid football fans about what exactly goes into these decisions. So I'm going to talk about two of them specifically. And the decision after Teddy Bridgewater got hurt uh, just before the start of the season in 2016. And what went through your mind when you decided that we weren't just going to sit by and play our backup quarterback and hope for the best? We were going to try to go out and salvage our season by getting a real solid number one quarterback. Those decisions are are extremely difficult and believe me there's a lot of times at night you just sit there staring at the ceiling and but you know I have to give credit to our staff our coaching staff uh, the personnel staff uh, because everybody works extremely hard uh, we try to do our due diligence and do the best we possibly can to find all the options possible what are the best solutions it's never going to be the answer of uh, this is what Rick Spielman wanted or Coach Zimmer wanted. What's best for the Minnesota Vikings as an organization? So we always try to have that in mind when we're making decisions um, to make the best, best possible decisions. Now you get thrown some loops and you get put in some very difficult situations. You're, you get uh, to answer to not only your ownership group, you have to answer to the fans out there, to the coaches, what are we going to do? So you have to go through your due diligence and try to find the best solution possible. And I know the one thing that I've always had in the back of my mind is no matter what happens or no matter what adversity comes across, you want to portray that at least you're doing your best to try to make the best decision possible for the circumstance you're dealing with. You didn't, in that particular case, 
treat a number one draft choice like it was absolutely untouchable. Where was the thought process in saying, in order to try to salvage our season, we will trade next year's one? Yeah, I look at the draft picks a little differently just because of the history since I've been here. We've had a lot of movement. We had a lot of multiple picks at number one through the years. Um, we've traded out of number one. Um, you know, I've looked at those as your currency. And, you know, the only way we were going to get a quarterback like Sam Bradford to give our team a chance to have success last year uh, was I knew what the cost was going to be. And I also knew that going into the draft, we had a lot of currency behind us that we accumulated the year before with extra threes and extra fours. So you always got to not only know, okay, if I don't have a one, okay, do I still have enough picks to be able to manipulate in the draft the following year? And we didn't have a number one this year, but we still ended up with 11 draft picks. I think we got a chance to have a number one talented player that we got in the second round, so you never know. So you balance out that future part, but you also want those guys down in the locker room. You want the coaches. You want that you're going to do everything you can to give your team the best chance to win each year. But you also have to balance that out with the future. Did any players say anything to you after that trade? There were a couple that came up to me and thanked me um, because we knew we had a good team going into the season. We were coming off the division championship. Now, I couldn't predict all the other adversities that came along during the season. But I think that sent a message down to the locker room, hopefully, that, hey, from the front office side, we're always going to try to put the best players out there and to give you guys the best chance to win on Sundays. When you finally were on the verge of making the decision, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, I believe, of Labor Day weekend, tell me what those final hours were like and what exactly were you thinking? Take me into your thought process. <laughs> well, I was uh, thinking I'm not going to get much sleep tonight. I knew that. <laughs> and I talked about usually I stared at the ceiling all night because I knew how big a decision this was going to be. Um, and I also talked about every morning at 5 I get up and walk my dogs to clear my head every morning. But I knew... You know, after we've done all our research and after we've talked through it thoroughly, not only with the coaches but with the personnel people, that this was the best thing for our organization. And you have to go off what you really believe you're, if you're doing the best, and it's usually you can tell inside your heart. And if you don't have any doubt after you sit there and know in your heart this is the best thing we can possibly do, um, then you just go with it. And then, you know, a lot of times it'll work out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But I know with all the work, energy, and effort that we put into it, it was the best solution at the time. It's the MMQB Podcast. State Farm knows that for football fans, your car and your home are more than just stuff. They're some of your most valuable possessions. The things that you've worked hard for and have made a lifetime of memories with. Whether it's the truck that gets you at every tailgate or the place where you watch your favorite team with your favorite people. But life can be a real tough opponent sometimes. That's why when it comes to finding the right home and auto insurance, you need a strong defense. A seasoned pro like State Farm. They understand it's more than just a car or a house. So why not give your car and your home the protection they deserve? It's just one more way State Farm is here to help life go right. 
see how they can help you by talking to a State Farm agent today. Does part of your football upbringing, I mean, you come from about as classic a football (laughs) family as it is, as there is, you know, an Ohio football family in the heart of Paul Brown country. And, you know, also your brother, Chris, you're very close to Chris, obviously. And Chris, just such an intense person and player. Do you think that in some ways who you are as a general manager was helped and sort of molded by what happened to you as a kid? I believe so. Um, And, uh, you know, the way we grew up, my dad was a high school coach for 30-plus years. And ever since we've been able to walk, I remember my mom taking me, me and my brother out to my dad's practices. So to sit there when you're three years old all the way through your life and you're seeing your dad at a high school level still deal with the adversities, the wins and losses, um, the injuries. It's like you knew when you grew up, you know, I always wanted to be a player. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have the change of direction and the instincts my brother had. But for some whatever reason, I became a front office guy. So I always tell Chris, you had a great career, but mine's lasting a lot longer so far. (laughs) (laughs) You're still not playing. (laughs) I've lasted about 28 years right now. But I think it's that upbringing and especially in that area of the country with the rich tradition of football um you know in the upbringing we had with our dad and i know coach zimmer and myself why we get along so well is he had a very similar background and very similar how he grew up his dad was a high school coach you know i think he's in a hall of fame in the illinois hall of fame and that it was a perfect match because we had a lot of the same philosophies and we grew up in a lot of the same ways so I think that one of the things, when I think about you as a general manager, I think that right or wrong, you're not afraid to make a decision. And so many, I'm not saying so many general managers shy away from that, but the size of the decisions you've had to make, uh, you know, I, I think are significant. So do you think that I don't want to say fearlessness, I, 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 this is not war, I mean, you know, but do you think that ability to be able to basically say i'm going to make this call it's the right call maybe it'll work out maybe it won't but i know it's the right call where do you think that comes from i think it's the preparation and all the work that goes behind it because none of these decisions are ever made without thoroughly vetting them out with everybody including our ownership And everybody has to understand, and I lay out the positives, but I also lay out the potential negatives that can happen. But to me, I don't think you're doing your job if you're just sitting idle. And if adversity hits you and you just say, well, oh, woe was me, we can't do anything about it. To me, your job is to be aggressive, but to be smart about it. And if you can wake up and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did the, made the best decision possible for this organization to give us the best chance to win because of all the work and preparation that went behind it. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, well, then let's figure something else out. But I will never, at least in my philosophy, and maybe it's because of the background that me and my brother have grown up with, is that you be aggressive to give yourself a chance to win. Um, my dad always taught us to be fighters. 
no matter what hits you, the one thing you're always going to control is your ability to fight and your ability and your work ethic. People may be more talented than you. Uh, people may be do, do this better than you. But in the end, you control those two things. And believe me, through my career, from through Miami, uh, here, and like you said, a lot of the things and a lot of the tough decisions that have to be made, I know in the end it was at least the best decision we felt for our organization. The decision on Adrian Peterson this offseason, not just because of the fact that Adrian Peterson was a great player, but even with some of his foibles in recent years, uh, I mean, this guy was a really, really popular player for this franchise for a decade. And the year you're going to the Super Bowl, uh, you make the decision that basically, you know, cap cost is too high and, you know, we've got to be pragmatic about this. So take me into that decision-making process and how, how hard was that? That was extremely difficult because you're basically moving on from maybe, I know a future Hall of Fame running back, but an icon for our organization, maybe one of the the best Minnesota Vikings, the greatest Minnesota Vikings, and we have a lot in our history that ever played for this organization. Um, but when we made that decision, we felt it was best for our football team moving forward. And even the personal relationship I've had with him over the years, because as my first draft was with Adrian Peterson, um, you have to separate that personal side from the business side and what's best for you moving forward. The one thing that I really try to pride myself on is through this whole process we were very transparent with what's going on with his agent and with Adrian and even before we signed Latavius Murray I called Adrian and told him what was going on um, just so he knew what was going on as well so I think if you are totally upfront and honest on where you're at um, especially dealing with such an iconic player like Adrian Peterson um, in the direction that we were going um, and why you're making those decisions so much as you can tell a player, um, then that's the best way to handle that situation. And I think, you know, everything came out from the right where we treated Adrian the right way. I know when Adrian retires, he's going to go in to the Hall of Fame as a Minnesota Viking. That was very important to us. He'll be in our ring of honor someday, and he'll be one of the all-time Viking greats. So he needed to be definitely treated that way and treated with first class and respect that he deserves. Uh, with Rick Spielman, the general manager of the Vikings, Rick, couple more things. You are a classic football guy as I said obviously from a classic football family from Ohio and I wonder over the years what has been your attitude as analytics and more and more increasing sort of science of football thought comes into the game what do you think of analytics how accepting are you of analytics how much do you use them and what do you think you know it's um I think all these tools that are coming out and all this new sports science and the way we use the analytics, honestly, I've always tried to think outside the box on is there any way we can use this as a competitive advantage. And I don't think as a general manager, if you're not looking into those things, if you're not hiring those people in those specific areas that are experts in those areas, because I'm not an expert in those areas, to see what they can develop. And, you know, it's always going to be can this guy run, block, and tackle, um, and what you see on tape. But if those tools 
can help you make better decisions, then I think you're not very smart for not utilizing those tools. Now, is it going to make the final decision? Never. But if it's going to help make us better, make us smarter and make better decisions, then I am uh, absolutely open and, and learning as much about it as I can. The one thing I've learned in a leadership role is hire people smarter than you. And, those <laughs> and if you hire people that are expert in all those areas, as long as you can communicate with them, tell them what you're looking for, let them do their deal, and be able to uh, explain it back to you. And as long as you have a knowledge of all those areas, you don't have to be the expert. You hire people that are experts in those That's areas. And then be able to communicate that with the coaches, with everyone else on the personal side, personnel side, on how this tool can help us make better decisions. And I think because I give a lot of those people that are experts in those areas the freedom to do what they do, as long as they know what the end result has to be, like I said, I don't care how you build it or how you find the answer, that's what you're getting hired to do. I don't want to know how you do it because I'm not going to sit there and try to figure out 82 different algorithms on, on what the heck you're doing. But tell me if this is going to help us and prove to me that it helps us. And if it does, then we'll definitely utilize it as a tool. And I think over the last four years, especially in the analytics department, it's really helped us make smarter decisions, not only on selecting players, but also how we manipulate on the draft board, when to move up, when to move back. And, you know, I think this year was the most active we've ever been. I think we had seven or eight trades on draft day, and a lot of that was based on positioning of the board where we wanted to move on the board. So it makes you, to me, a smarter general manager, but you have to have smart people to do that for you. Finishing up with Rick Spielman. So if, if I'm a young kid coming out of college – and you probably get this a few times, maybe a day. But if I'm a young kid coming out of college and I say to you, uh, Mr. Spielman, uh, I really want to be a general manager in the NFL or I really want to be a director of college scouting or I really want to work in the NFL, what's your advice to them about how to ascend to your job? If you're smart... Get your degree and you can make your money a lot easier in a lot of different other professions than this one. <laughs> well, uh, what if they have their heart set on it? <laughs> well, everybody has their heart set on something, you know. Um, no, it's just, I always tell our young people that come in, I said, once you get your foot your door in the door, whether it's an intern or whether, you know, it's a beginning uh, at the lower level of a scout, I tell them, Focus on being the best at that. Don't worry about, okay, I'm going to be a general manager in five years, or I'm going to be a college scout or a college director in five years. You will get recognized if you come in as an intern and say, hey, all my focus on is I want to be the best intern in the NFL. Don't give me any lip service and stuff. Just do what your job is done and do it to the highest of your ability. And if you do it to the highest of your ability, you'll get recognized a lot quicker than if you're sitting there always worried about the next time or the next chance I get to move or advance. It's really good advice because so many times I've seen in my business people who are flooding the market with resumes and who always want to move up. And I always say, if you're good, people will find you. Right. And I think so many times in life, people kind of try to level jump. 
be good instead of just doing their job. Be good at what your current job is, and you will get recognized, and I promise you, you'll get an opportunity to move up. But like I said, when you want to level jump and keep looking at all that, it takes away from what your actual job is, and, and it affects you, and you won't move up. I promise you. Rick Spielman, General Manager, Minnesota Vikings, thanks a lot for joining me. It's an honor to have me on with your show. I appreciate it. Thanks to my guests, Derek Carr and Donald Penn of the Oakland Raiders and Minnesota Vikings General Manager Rick Spielman. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes in the MMQB series, such as my conversations with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and John Elway. You can find these on the MMQB.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. You can also hear the MMQB podcast with Peter King on Sirius XM Radio every Saturday morning at 7 Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 82. Thanks to the fine folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And thanks, of course, to my sponsors, State Farm, Play Draft, and Betterment. Please support them the way they support this podcast. And I'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.